So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. This one's gonna be again about Tim Ferriss' Tools of Titans. And by the way, I hope that I'm not... Am I? Can you see that I've just eaten something? Yeah, you can. Should I give a fuck about it? Probably yes. Maybe no. Coming in a second. But with that being said, hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics fucking podcast. And I'm pretty fucking pumped to be here. I've just eaten something. Today I actually wanted to vlog a little bit, but I've up to this point forgotten it again. Or forgotten it again. Which is actually something that I'm struggling with, to be honest. I'm just always fucking forgetting it. You know, maybe it's just so inconvenient with my, with my phone because it is so fucking slow and recording anything is just taking so much time and I probably do have to do it with Snapchat, which, you know, again, just adds up more time to it because it's, you know, way slower with Snapchat because I do not have any space on my phone and with Snapchat you're basically just actually saving it to a cloud or something. But in the end, I do just have to struggle with actually exporting it because, you know, Snapchat says like, okay, you know, you do not have any space on your phone and therefore you can't just somehow save it or export it, even though I kind of feel like, okay, you know, why would I have to kind of just, you know, save it to my phone when I'm willing to export it? But yeah, you know, I'm not that educated in the technical space of Snapchat, so I'm gonna shut up and I'm gonna make the episode. And as I've already said in the kind of intro, which is actually <laughs> always the fucking same, um, we're going ahead with Tim Ferriss' Tools of Titans. Pretty fucking pumped, even though I'm a little bit stressed out today because I started the day, I started the day so fucking productive. Like, I was just cleaning the whole flat, everything, and then I was just, uh, yeah, I do just have to wash or do the laundry, actually. Um, and then I just started to, to actually make the posts, which took a long, 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 long time. And then I initially also wanted to start with, you know, learning some maths because I do just have my last exam for this year on Tuesday, actually. Yeah, it is Tuesday. And, you know, it is actually the second exam of the, you know, original exam. So, like, you know... Uh, the whole class was somehow failing the first exam and therefore we're gonna just do the same exact thing a second time because this is just what the law says in Austria at least and um, yeah I as well just failed the first one um, but yeah 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 I'm gonna just learn something today is actually Friday um, I've had just is it vacation or is it a holiday yeah, I think I've had a holiday yesterday and today, which is, you know, pretty nice because if you think about it, on the 7th, no, actually on the 6th, 6th of July, I'm gonna have my two months of uh, holidays because there I do not have any school or something. This is just, you know, what it is like in Austria or at least in my, uh, in my, uh, yeah, 
and it's not a state like yeah never mind i think we're just gonna go ahead with tim ferris tools of titan i'm sweating like a piece of shit and i do not know why maybe because i'm trying to be as fast and as good and as best as possible um which is definitely not the case if i'm wasting a lot of time with just doing some shit and trying some shit out which is definitely something that really is bothering me like it is just really fucking bothering me if i'm just wasting a lot of time and i just can see how time's going away and it's going away more and more and more it just really fucking pisses me on it really does and i really feel bad when i see okay i'm wasting a lot of time the fucking hell and also i do just today have to figure out how i can pump up a fucking ball only using just something like this and i've just now fucked it gonna have to repair it afterwards should think more um but yeah i do hope that the no it's not there no let's see now you can see me that's great but yeah uh, i think i'm just gonna start and or go ahead with the summary so 1000 true fans and i already know where this is where this is going to head but I'm not gonna just say anything because I know it is fucking great. A true fan is defined as a fan who will buy anything you produce. So every product, uh, if you're just having a concert, they will be there. Every kind of tournament or something, they, they will just be there no matter what. And they will buy no matter what. True fans become your direct source of income and the major marketing force to ordinary fans. If you can get true fans, then you are sure that you are solving problems for a real group of people. Which somehow makes sense, because like, you're not gonna have any true friends if you're not solving anything, you know? At least it's just what I take from it. And this is actually also something that's... Yeah, I don't just name it, or him. Uh, this was basically... Or I've... Um, I've known this from Seth Godin, actually, and I do not know if... There are actually some other people who are saying this or something. But originally, I have gotten it from Seth Godin. And he actually said, like, okay, you know, you do not have to do something for everybody. You know, you do not have to produce videos for everybody. And your product doesn't have to be for everybody. It does just have to be for the smallest viable market. And the smallest viable market, you should totally serve them. And if in your, if in your smallest viable market are, like, 1,000 people... And you get those 1,000 people, or, you know, there could even be more, but if you get those 1,000 true fans, you don't have to worry about money. Because when they're really true fans, no matter what you produce, no matter what product you have, no matter what kind of concert or other, um, what is it called, actually? Um, well, I don't know. Um, but no matter what you're doing, they're going to be there. And you just have to think about it, okay? You know, you're producing a product for 10 bucks, okay? And everybody of these 1,000 people buys it and it's already 10 fucking K, which is nuts, fucking nuts. You know, you just have to think about it as, okay, like, you do just have to, to put out something that's costing just 10 bucks a month. You know, maybe there's even a subscription service or something and you... Yeah, you're doing very, very fine with actually making 120k a year, you know. At least in my just country, you can live very, 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 very good with that money. 
you know, pretty enormous liquid. Even though housing got really, really fucking expensive, which is something that a lot of people complain about, um, especially at my place, you know, housing is really fucking expensive. You know, still not comparable to just New York or something, because their housing is just, well, you know, I can't just actually explain it in words what is it like for me. But I think it's just enormously, enormously kind of expensive, you know. Uh, similar in concept to early adopter and Paul Graham's do things that don't scale. Very interesting. Kurt Vonnegut's, so it's Kurt, is it Kurt? Kurt, it is K-U-R-T and Vonnegut, um, V-O-N-N-E-G-U-T, G-U-T, suggests write to please just one person and this person is yourself. The best art divides the audience. Recruiting, if half the people love it and half hate it, it's pushing the boundary and not catering to the mainstream. This relates to the idea that Netflix can uh, can make such a high quality shows because they are not bound to 24 hours of broadcasting and they are, they are not beholden to advertisers so they can make more riskier shows. Which actually is true. Like there, I think, you know, they can just choose the contracts or and they can just make the contracts and if a show is like, okay, you know, we're going to try this show and we're going to see whether it is working or not, they can just air it once and if it's not working and if nobody's actually watching it or enjoying it, they're maybe changing it up or they you know, going to cancel it. And they can do it because it's their fucking platform. You know, they do not have to ask for someone or ask someone if it is okay or not, which is just amazing, I guess. Um, general fame is overrated. You want to be famous to 2,000 or 3,000 people, you handpick from Eric Weinstein or Weinstein, Weinstein, whatever. Mainstream fame brings more liabilities than benefits. Well, I don't know. Like, I do just also have to say, okay, when you are just um, famous, just like common sense famous like you know the the really common way of being famous like you know when you're a celebrity 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 no it's ha <laughs> celebrity celeb a celeb okay and um i do think like okay you know chances are pretty high that okay out of those maybe 200,000 people that you that enjoy you the chances are pretty high that there are actually 1,000 true fans or 2,000 and or 10,000 true friends in this um, yeah amount of people you know I, I do think it is well you know it is safe I would say it, it really is just safe I don't know what what else to say but it is fucking safe um, today talking is actually also pretty fucked up. I think I'm gonna just have to drink something. I'm gonna be here in a second. So I'm here again, and I'm actually not gonna cut this. 
Not because I'm lazy, but I somehow think it's funny. Being tough. Getting through rough patches requires grit and willpower. If you want to be tough, be tough. Make the tough call on you at, on your very next decision. Actually, pretty true. You know, even though I always hate it when people say like, okay, you know, if you want to be happy, just be happy. And if you want to be tough, just be tough. But I also do just have to say, okay, it, it makes sense to some degree. It really does. Like, yeah, just be tough. And or take tough decisions or make tough decisions. It's it's really not that that hard or really not that tough. <laughs> Funny. Um, it, it really is not. Like, you know, we always have the choice between... Actually, often, this is actually something that I've learned, I think, two years ago or three years ago. And it's just really sticked. No, it's stuck. I'm sorry. It stuck with me just... You know, until now, actually, you know, which is making either the right decision or the easy decision or going for the right and or for the easy thing. And and it's not always just the same. Like I, I was thinking about it just recently, whether there is sometimes actually the case that you know, the thing that you're willing to choose is actually right and easy. But I don't know. Like I haven't just, you know, made my mind up to, to actually look for something like that. But, but often it is actually the case that it is either good and all right or it's just yeah easy and in the end actually bad and and really not right and i just you know always you know some years ago or some yeah i think a year ago i was just really more strict about it and it was just so stuck in my mind that i do just really fucking have to do the right thing now i'm also doing it like i'm not just giving a fuck about what i've just yeah done for years or something I'm I'm really not, but it's not so, I'm not so obsessed about it, like, I'm not so, maybe even crippled by it, you know, it could also, uh, you could also say that. Um, if you want to be tougher mentally, if you want to be tougher mentally, it is simple, be tougher, don't meditate on it, from Choco Willink, who is actually a pretty great guy. Push yourself harder than you believe you are capable of, you will find new depth inside yourself. From Stanley McChrystal, put yourself in groups who share difficulties and comfort. You'll find that when you have been through that difficult environment, you feel more strongly about what which about that which you're committed to. And I also kind of feel like, okay, you know, if you're actually in such a group or something, you know, no matter how you're calling it. Um, I, I also somehow believe that, you know, it could also be the thing that that you kind of, you know, talk about, you know, what is just bad in your life, what is just really fucking with you, and then other people come up with something way, way, way worse. And then you think like, okay, you know, actually, it, is, it isn't actually not so bad what I'm going through, what I'm having to go through. And I think, it's, you know, this could also be a benefit of those groups to, to actually just see, okay, you know, what you're doing or what you're going, going through at the time isn't actually that bad. And I do also believe this in just general, like, you know, a lot of people, especially in the first world countries, which is also uh, actually something that I'm just referring to extremely often. But I think it's just, you know, the truth. Like, a lot of people in first world countries complain about stupid shit, you know. And in the meantime, people in Africa and or Asia or something, they fucking starve. They really starve or, you know, there is war, which is totally not good. And... 
there's just a, a lot of horrible things going on on this planet and a lot of people just still complain about stupid shit even though they are in the fucking best place they can actually be you know and and this is also something that i am willing to remind myself on way more often because it is actually very important it really is fucking important i have one of the best lives you know somebody actually can have I'm sitting here in my room, I'm recording something, I can actually fulfill my own fucking dreams. I can actually try to just fulfill myself, you know, which is actually not something that's that's quite normal for me. Like, I, I've been having days where I just really was pissed. I, I didn't know what I should do. I, I really didn't know what I can do to, to actually fulfill myself, to feel fulfilled, to feel like maybe there is some purpose in my life, you know, could also be the case. But now I think I have a purpose, even though, you know, what I'm doing here is sometimes actually stressing me out really fucking much. Um, but it's not that bad. Like, you know, well, it's, it's, it's not that bad. You know, there's going to be just some really tough times on my journey to, to where I'm going to go to. And there's going to be just really amazing days and just amazing days where I can speak fucking English. And some days like today or yesterday where it's a little bit tough and I do not know why it is like this. I just haven't found a solution yet, but it is what it is and I shouldn't complain about some micro fucking shit because in the macro, like if the macro is fucked, then you gotta complain, I guess, you know, even if the, if the micro is fucked, wait to the next day, wait to the next week or wait to the fucking next month. It's gonna be okay. You know, it's really gonna be okay, which is actually also something that I've been telling myself also in very difficult times in my life, which actually weren't that difficult. I only thought they were. And it was really like, in the end, everything was good. Even though in those times and in those periods, you're not thinking like, okay, it's gonna be okay. And, and Or a lot of people think that way. Even though it will be okay. It really will be fucking okay, no matter what. You know? Time just... You know, I, I really believe that time is healing a lot of wounds. I really feel that way, you know, sometimes slower, sometimes faster, but, you know, eventually everything's going to be okay. Um, create some fear and make individuals overcome it. From Stanley McChrystal again. Um, makes sense, by the way. It, it really makes sense that you're somehow maybe even synthesizing your fear and you're synthesizing your anxieties or something so that you can overcome them. So that you can actually see, okay, you know, it's actually not that bad. Seneca suggests enduring a period of simplicity and baseness for three days to reset your comfort set point, like sleeping in a sleeping bag or eating only oatmeal. After this, the smallest morsels of food will be delis delicious, and which is actually the case. And this is also something that I'm trying to refer to. Like, we, I, I can fucking choose what I'm eating. And, and also the problem that I'm seeing there is... We all can, you know, in the first world countries we all can, but most often we are just choosing something that is not healthy. And this, you know, in the end just really fucking us. And I quite don't get it. Like, we do have the ability to just live a happy and healthy fucking life, but often we choose to, to not do that. And some people that are born in just really fucked up countries, really fucked up, you know, positions actually, they often can't choose, you know, whether they are just, you know, willing to eat that fucking mud or that dust, which is actually a case um, in some parts of Africa where people actually do just have to eat some dirt just to have something to eat. You know, it's, it's, it's really not that funny. And we can choose, and we somehow, at least I believe this, often choose something that is not the best thing to choose maybe. 
Um, even though I do not also want to say that you should only eat healthy, I do also think that it is just, you know, totally okay when you're not eating something completely healthy sometimes. Like, you know, like you still can change, you, know, you still can choose it, you know. And, you know, if you're cho choosing something bad, quote unquote, or something that is just, I don't know, sweet, let's say some pancakes or some, I don't know, some burritos. And because you're feeling like it, and I'm not saying that burritos are actually very bad. Um, but um, but yeah, you know, it's not that bad. You should, you should not cripple yourself, you know. Unless you're like me, which just really seems a little arrogant, but I don't mean it this way. Because I do really not want to eat something sweet or unhealthy. Because I'm not feeling good when I'm doing this. You know, I feel the best when I know that I'm eating something healthy and something that is just really benefiting my health. I really feel fucking bad when I'm eating something that's not good for my fucking health. So therefore, it's for me way easier to actually live my healthy life than actually eating something that is not healthy. It is just pretty tough for me. I won't, or I, I will actually never, or I won't, yeah, I think I won't, um, yeah, eat something healthy, like on purpose, unhealthy on purpose. But yeah, um, let's go ahead with investment principles after I've taken a sip of my fresh, clean water. Also something you gotta have to appreciate. If you do just have fresh, fucking clean water, appreciate the shit. I love my... Do I get some problems with it? Can I take it? Yeah, like... Pretty nice. <laughs> Little glass. Investment principles. Some investors or investor titans share investment principles that guide their decisions. Tony Robbins hedge fund friends. Um, oh, you know, it's from Tony Robbins hedge funds friends. Kept the downside. They're obsessed about, be obsessed about not losing money and protecting against the downside. Find asymmetrical risk and reward. How do you get huge rewards with little, li with, with little, risk which is actually true like and those two principles i've seen them first of all uh warren, warren buffett talking about it and second of all tony robin talking about it and i also think that ray dalio also was talking about it which is actually very basic and very obvious and this is just a really great example of things that are really obvious but it seems to be like that a lot of the people are not yeah keeping attention to it you know Mm, which is actually like, okay, you know, not losing money. Something pretty simple in terms of investment, in terms of keeping money, in terms of saving money, in terms of building your wealth. Just makes sense that you're not going to lose money or not just on purpose losing money or something. Um, like, yeah, you know, always just seeing for the, or looking for, looking for the fees and so on to just see, okay, you're not just... Yeah, you're not just losing money. Like, the first rule, I think this is actually also from Buffett, he said, first rule is not to lose money. You know, as easy as it sounds and as obvious as it sounds, very important. And, and maybe not that obvious as I think it is. Which is actually often the case. Like, people think that certain things are obvious, whether it be about communication. Uh, communication. Like, okay, you know, I'm not going to tell you this, or I haven't told you this because I thought, like, this is obvious and something like this. No, you know, it really is not obvious, you know, at least not for every fucking body. Like a lot of people do just um, think that, you know, 
such a lot of things are so obvious, but in the end they are not, and this is then a little bit fucked up. Um, but yeah, and also the whole asymmetrical risk and reward thing, it makes sense. You know, you go low risk and high return, but never high risk and low return because this not, this doesn't make any fucking sense. I I do just really have to yeah have to understand why I can't speak today. You know, also because you know the breath is not there somehow. Feels feels really fucking strange. Feels really strange. Um, but I also recognize that when I'm talking about something that I'm, um, that's quite from for myself actually. You know, that's quite what I'm thinking about at the time or something. It is okay. So maybe the next episodes should actually. You know what? The next episode actually is gonna be a motivational speech. You know, where I'm going to talk about with some music in the background. I think it's nice. I really think it will. Um, because, because yeah, you know, this was actually something that I've, uh, always wanted to do or for a long time wanted to do, but I've never just actually found the right day or the right moment to do so. And this is actually what I'm going to do after this investment principle section and, or, you know, in the next episode after I've, Maybe I should breathe even more. I don't fucking know. I think you can also hear that, you know, my breath isn't there as, as much as it actually should be, to to some degree at least. Uh, really fucking strange, you know, really not feeling that good. You know, I'm feeling fine. I'm really feeling enormously good, but it's not feeling good when I'm just seeing, okay, you know, I do not have enough breath as I need to have. Um... And the last thing is actually asset allocation should be diversified, which means you should not always um, put everything into one basket. Like um, if you're buying stocks, you know, something that Tony Robbins and, and also Buffett were talking about, every single person that is willing to start with actually investing into stocks should go for index funds. Index funds are basically stocks where you do buy a lot of stocks. Um, for example, the S&P 500, you're basically buying stocks from 500 different um, American companies, which is great, you know, if you think about it. Because if one of these companies is losing something, the, under, uh, the other 499 might actually kind of have a high return or might have a surplus in money and they're going to just, okay, you know, uh, yeah, I think you know where I'm going to head. <laughs> Or where I'm heading, actually. Um, so it is really good, you know. It's a really good system to not lose a lot of money. And also you can see the yearly return um, was, I think, somehow like 9.8%, which is definitely something, you know. If you think about compound interest, uh, which means like, okay, you know, you're gonna just, uh, yeah, put 300 bucks into your investment account every single month which then will turn out uh, to 3,600 bucks a year. And you do this every single year until you somehow die or something. And you're going to see that you're going to just really, really, really make a lot of money through this, you know. Having just something like a, a, a market crash or something is going to happen. But as long, as far as I know, as long as you're not going to uh, step out of the market, everything is fine, I guess. I don't know what's happening today, but I really have to force myself to go through the last bit there. Tim Ferriss invests in companies that have technical founders are in a space that can that he can impact through his network, 
have some traction, he doesn't have to start the fire and show less entitled founders and aren't a party, aren't a party run with no lead. Tim also tries to get more equity through his advising time without putting in more capital, which is actually a really great way, like getting more equity without pushing too much money into the fucking shit. Breaking your rules to co-invest is a bad idea, but following rules when others reject is when others reject can work out. Actually true. Like I really have to say if you're having some investment uh, kind of rules for yourself, you gotta just have to um, yeah really uh, you just really have to like obey them yeah obey is the right word you just really have to fucking obey them like why then why would you then have rules if you don't obey them if you do just you know kind of give a fuck about them and do nothing with them it wouldn't be the best idea really wouldn't be in some cases it might actually be great if you're not just really following your rules but I think often it is actually, you know, really not smart if you're not doing it. Um, an approximation of a hedge in VC is a big business, which is, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. Um, it's big business like Uber, which have a lot of international exposure and could be considered counter-psych. Counter cyclical to the macro economy. Tim's portfolio makes him feel like there is no way I'll lose money on this deal, meaning they are rarely moonshots. Kevin Rose, do you understand it? Which is actually also something that uh, Warren Puffett, Puffett uh, was talking about. He said like, okay, you know, you do just have to understand what you're investing in. If you don't understand it, you should also not invest into it. Will it be dominant and growing three years from now? Will this technology be more or less a part of our lives in three years? He takes the futures, features and play out uh, how they can impact the emotions of consumers who use them. For example, Twitter's character length and texting medium lowers the friction for sharing. Following is a new activity that promotes comp competition and scoring. And the last form... The last one is from Scott Belsky. Learn from the past without being inspired by it or following patterns. What conventional wisdom was shunned? Yeah, I'm pretty happy that I actually went through this one today fully um, on that scale that I wanted to. Whew. I really don't know what's going on. I really don't know. You know, the past three days in terms of the recordings that I had were not really nice. Really not. I, yeah, I just really have to look yeah, to I just really have to see what's going on. Maybe I can do something. But I hope that you've learned something from this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it because I as well enjoyed it somehow. Um, but yeah, I wish you the best health, wealth, happiness, and success. And by the way, I need to go to my outro screen. I wish you the best health, wealth, happiness, and success. And I still hope that you're going to remind yourself on how you're going to be remembered because this is actually something that you have in your hands and only your fucking hands. You know, you basically decide whether you're going to be remembered as a good or as a bad person. It is in your hands. It is in your control. You will decide. And with that being said, thank you from my fucking bottom of my fucking heart. You know, it's, it's actually pretty sad that, you know, I haven't been enjoying this episode that much. Um, but yeah. I see you and thank you very much.